Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. Happy Easter and welcome to the podcast today. Grateful to have you listening on this wonderful Easter morning. And I just love to think of Jesus Christ, his example, the meaning of the resurrection in my life. And I love to celebrate that with my families. And I hope you're having a wonderful Easter and it's treating you very well as you think about the renewal that Jesus Christ can bring into our lives and the resurrection, the power that has for those that have lost loved ones, and knowing that we can see them again is a very powerful concept. And when I think of the resurrection, something that's really cool that isn't described explicitly in the scriptures is when Jesus Christ is resurrected, there are a couple angels that come and roll the stone away, right? And I've always wondered who those angels were. And I know that God works very... Uh, systematically and very symbolically and I wonder who he would have chosen as the angels to roll away the stone to be the ones that said to Christ to come forth right to be resurrected to finish out his work right to to let him go forward and it's an incredible question and it's something to think about yeah and how God does reward us for living our lives full of faith. And really, today's a great day to think about faith. And when my family and I, we were looking for a new home, I told a story on the last episode about the fascia showing up, right? And the, the fascia magically appearing on the back of my roof and using that. And it saved us a ton of money so we can make repairs and buy our current home that we live in. Well, when we went looking for our current home, I told my wife, I said, I chose the last home and it's your turn. You can define exactly what you want in this house. I'm gonna let you choose this home. And so we went through a process where we wanted to get what we wanted. We didn't wanna get just kind of what we wanted. We didn't wanna get what we almost wanted. We wanted to get the house that we wanted. And there were some budget constraints that we could think of, you know, like I only made so much money. There was time constraints. I could only spend so much time looking for homes. There were realtor constraints, like they couldn't show up to the property to open the doors, stuff like that. There are all these constraints that you could think of, but we were deciding we're going to get the home that we want no matter what. And so my wife wrote down and I, we sat down together and we wrote down 25 qualities or attributes of the new home that we would be purchasing. And we would want a vast majority, more than 90% of those attributes to be checked off for us to even put an offer on the home. So we started looking at houses everywhere, literally everywhere near us, like an hour away from us to the north, an hour to the south, and we were looking up and down this whole valley that's here in Utah. And uh, we put in some offers on a bunch of homes and we got rejected a lot of times. 
and we got one accepted, only to find out that the neighbor was a convicted pedophile. So us with four little kids, we, we said we can't have that home. So we kept looking everywhere and we were being rejected. We couldn't get the offers. We were second place on the offers. People are outbidding us. As a lot of you might know about the real estate market right now, right? And it's really easy to start to get down, to start doubting, to start feeling like things aren't going to work out. It's really easy to do that. But every time things fell through, we just kept saying, if not this house, a better one. If not this house, a better one. And I have a friend recently who was telling me about a car he was looking for. He's looking for this car to buy, and there's only about 2,000 of them in production. And uh, each year they make about 2,000. It's not a very common car. And uh, he wanted to get the car exactly how he wanted it. So he wanted it in white. He wanted a certain kind of wheels on it. He wanted the right color of the interior. He wanted everything to be how he wanted. And as he was looking for the car, for those of you that are in the car industry might be listening to this, you know that it's kind of difficult right now for customers to get exactly what car they want because there's a lot of shipping delays, there's factory problems, there's all these kind of excuses that could be there, these reasons that could be there that would prevent someone from getting what they want. And so he started hitting up against this wall of asking himself, like, should I get the car exactly how I want it, or should I start settling? Because, you know, maybe it's not white, but it could be silver or black, or the interior is not black, maybe I could do white, right? Or the the rims on the wheels aren't quite the right kind, maybe I could do a different kind. And we're always in this dance of reality, right? We're saying like, I have this reality that I want to go for, but I'm being presented with these problems. I'm being presented with these circumstances, these difficulties. And really the key to life is learning how to train yourself to get what you want and not just a portion of what you want, not just 99% of what you want. And I had a client in my office the other day who came in and he had a, a cataract and with this cataract, it was preventing him from seeing very well. Um, and this cataract kind of showed up in a short amount of time. Like we're talking one day or less. And if you know anything about cataracts, that's pretty incredible for a cataract to show up that quickly. And he had the question of if this was mental, right? Or if it was physical. And I said, why don't we check it out? Why don't we dive in and find out? So we start diving into the process and I'm asking him questions and he's going really deep inside of his mind. Things are starting to surface and reveal to him and he's learning all these things and having these huge aha moments and tons of breakthroughs as it's going through. And it was kind of dark in the room because he didn't want a lot of light. Um, and so it, it's a challenge to see what was going on with the cataract. but. In the end, you know, we're just saying, we're just exploring what's behind this. If the cataract changes, it changes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's one of those big things about reality, right? If it changes, it changes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And not many people can get to that point where they feel that way about reality. And recently, just this last week, I took a training and it's called Spoon Bending with the Mind. 
Now, you're probably thinking, whoa, Kenny, you've really gotten out there. You're kind of a crazy fella. Well, it's kind of true. I am kind of a crazy fella. I like to do weird things. I like to push the, the limits of reality. I like to bend reality. I like to do all of those things because I feel like it's my birthright. I feel like it's everyone's birthright to lean into their innate power that they have, their own godliness that's inside them. And so as I was in this training, I've got this spoon in front of me, right? And people are, the trainers are talking about how to bend spoons, how to use your mind to bend the spoon, the spoon. And it actually, I want to clear up a misconception you might have if you saw the matrix. It's not like a spoon bends when you look at it and, and your mind like bends it. It actually, it's more like the spoon becomes malleable. And as you're working with the spoon, it becomes malleable and then it becomes easy to bend with your hands, almost effortless to bend, right? So you still bend the spoon with your hands, but it's a lot easier than it would normally be. So I'm holding the spoon and it's in my hands. I've had it in my hands for a while. And I'm like, man, when is the spoon gonna bend? And I start thinking like in my head, bend, bend, bend. Come on, spoon, bend. And just kind of forcing it on there. Well, the trainer says, you don't necessarily want to do that. What you can do instead is learn how to play with the spoon. Learn how to use your imagination. Learn how to get into a different state so that you and the spoon can become connected and that it becomes a more playful relationship rather than one that has to be forced. So what are we really talking about? I mean, have you ever felt like you couldn't escape a problem? or that you couldn't stop sinning in a certain way? Or have you ever wanted to significantly change your circumstances for the better by making more money, having a better marriage, or having a much closer relationship with God? Well, this episode is for you because what we're talking about here is how quantum physics and faith go hand in hand. And so the, as, a, as a review with quantum physics, I want to explain reality, how quantum physics explains reality. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, right? It's like, how, how does reality appear? What is the science of reality? How do we know what's real and what's not? And at a subatomic level in quantum physics, everything is made up of energy. And what we perceive as particles or solid matter is just vibrating energy. So even your hands, your feet, the table around you, the, the food next to you, all of that is just energy. It's actually not solidified. It's actually just moving molecules and vibrations of energy. And this energy, when it's not observed, is functioning as a probability of reality with multiple outcomes being possible. So this goes back to that experiment I talked about in earlier episodes called the dual split the dual slit experiment where they shot a laser through these dual slits and it created a probability wave rather than what you would expect when you shoot something through a gap would be just the line, right? Well, when they weren't observing the laser, it would land on the film and create a probability wave. But as soon as they were observing with their minds what they would want the laser to do, it started to go through the slits and create these columns. So there's different realities that were being created by shooting a laser through these slits. So the implications are that when we observe our 
with our minds, the probability wave becomes a set reality. So faith, getting back to faith, right? Faith is defined in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, chapter 11, verse 1, as now faith is the substance, and in a Joseph Smith translation, it says assurance. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So quantum physics would say the exact same thing, right? It would say like, you can change your reality, but you're not really going to be able to see that new reality until you fully observe it with your mind. Until you fully lean into that reality, then the probability waves of the subatomic particles will become unified into one result. Yeah. So similarly, faith is defined in the Book of Mormon as well in Alma 32.21 as, And now as I said concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if ye have faith, ye hope for things which are not seen, which are true. So once again, is this idea of faith isn't about seeing, right? You're, you're not supposed to see it yet, yeah? Or else that would defy the laws of physics, actually. That's the interesting thing about faith. If we see a reality before we observe it with our minds, then that would break the laws of quantum physics. So actually, the right way to do it in quantum physics is to see it with our minds first and observe it with our minds in our imagination, making it as real as we can, actually all the way real. And then the probability waves start becoming reality. They start forming in one set wave, which then presents to us reality. So in quantum physics, a new reality can be created when you stop observing the current reality and start to fully observe the desired reality. Then on a subatomic level, reality begins to shift itself. This could be a possible explanation for the rise in UFO sightings as more people believe in their existence. So as people start observing UFOs with their minds and imagining that they're real, now we're starting to get evidence that they are, right? Like, this is something very interesting to think about. What else is going on that we're bringing into existence because of our collective belief? When we believe in a new set reality and it starts showing up, what is that, right? Some might say an economic downturn could be one of those things. Some could say inflation could be one of those things. These problems that show up when people start believing them and they think they're going to happen and they meditate on it. Like war, for example, could be another one of these things. These are all negative examples of things that we don't really want. But since we're meditating on what we don't want, we're observing it with our minds and it's creating the new reality. And actually, there have been studies done where people in a community get together, about 100 people, and they start praying for peace, a reduction in violence. And what happens over that period is that crime rates fall in the city that they are praying. And as soon as they stop the experiment, the crime rates go right back up to where they were. It's a very interesting concept of reality. And so going back to these questions, right? Have you, have you been trying to make a change in your life, but you haven't been able to make the leap? Have you been wanting to kick a bad habit? Have you been wanting to get over a certain sin? Have you been wanting to make more money, but you haven't been able to do it yet? Well, as you're changing your life, 
making huge leaps, getting out of your comfort zone, using faith, you might find that the results you're after are fleeting. Yeah, so you've probably noticed that you have times where it's like, I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not submitting to my bad habit or I'm making some money. But in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, what if it all goes to crap? Right? Like, what if, what if I lose all my money? What if, what if I'm not healthy anymore? What if I go back to that sin that I've been avoiding? Right? And this is really the idea that you are still holding on to your current reality. Your new reality will not be set in place until you release this idea that you could fall back into the old reality. And so I'll give you an example. Um, I remember one time I was going out of the house to an event, a baseball game, and uh, my wife was doing her thing in the yard. She's actually building a chicken coop. But we were starting to be late, and I wanted to get there before tickets sold out so I could get a ticket and go to the game. It was actually with my dad. I was going to go to the game with my whole family, go see a baseball game. And uh, I was all stressed out about it, and I was worrying a lot. And I decided right then, I said, you know, if I'm a limitless being, then I'm acting, I'm sure acting like time is my boss rather than me being the boss of time. So I decided right there, I said, time works for me. Time works for me. I don't work for time. And I just relaxed. And I just let things be how they were. Just, I took a chill pill, you might say. And when that happened, I just said, I told my wife, I said, let's just go when you're done. So she finished up finally, and, and we were late, right? And we got all the kids in the car and we drove to the stadium to get tickets. Well, we arrived right at the same time as my dad. He was actually just as late as we were. And we pulled up in parking spots right next to each other. So I was directly behind his car going into the parking lot. And we pulled into the same same parking lot, parked right next to each other. I got out. My son, he really had to go to the bathroom. So I ran up to the stadium and I said, do you have tickets? And they said, no, we've sold out of tickets. And I said, well, he really needs to go to the bathroom. Could I use the restroom? And then we'll come back out. And they said, sure. So I went in. My son used the restroom, we came back out. But while I was up there, I noticed that nobody was at the softball game. So this baseball complex is actually a softball game going on and a baseball game going on. And I told the person in the front, I said, hey, I noticed nobody's watching the softball game. Nobody's there. Could we go see that? And the person said, well, we haven't been selling tickets to that because it's usually a family event only, but we'll let you in and it doesn't cost anything. So the whole family got into the game without paying anything for tickets and we had a really fun time watching the softball game and yeah, some of the baseball game too. And we really enjoyed it, right? And it was this idea that we could just relax and let go of how things need to be in our current reality. And the question is, can you do that? Are you able to do that? Are you able to let go fully of your current reality? Can you let it go all the way, 100% of the way? Because the fact is, you cannot live in two realities at the same time. And whatever reality is your current reality will continue to be your set reality as long as you hold on to even a small percentage of it. Even if there's that 1% of you that might believe you'll go back to being broke or believe that 
you'll go back to that sin or believe that your marriage isn't working out or your business isn't working out, then that will continually be your set reality, even with that 1% belief. You must become completely congruent on your outcomes. You must totally believe in your new reality, your set reality, or else your current reality will continually define who you are and define your behaviors and define your actions. Now, this is kind of a tough pill to swallow, right? Because we want to naturally hold on to the fear that we could lose ourselves or lose money or lose people in our lives because that feels like it's a motivation. Well, it's a paradox, right? Because as soon as you let go of that fear and you just have faith and believe that everything will work for your good, everything will be easy and effortless for you. Every, every relationship you have will blossom and you'll make as much money as you want and you'll be able to do it all righteously while building a wonderful relationship with God. As soon as you believe that, then there's no need for the fear. It all dis disappears and you can just live in a new set reality where I think that most members of the church and even a lot of people outside the church, they believe that life needs to be hard. Life needs to be a struggle. Life needs to be a challenge. Well, the challenge is this. Can you have faith or can you not have faith? Because as soon as you have faith and you've experienced this in your life, I know you have, that as soon as you have decided on a new reality, then it's like everything that was difficult before became easy because it disappears. And now you live in a new set reality. And that is how faith works according to quantum physics. You must observe a new reality. So in order to make a quantum leap of faith, how do you do this, right? You must surrender your will. Yeah. So this is in the scriptures when it talks about uh, aligning your will with God's, right? It, and God really, we, to understand Heavenly Father, you need to understand that He loves you, that He wants you to have your outcomes. He wants you to have joy. Adam felt that men might be, and they are men are that they might have joy. And God is love. We read that in the New Testament, right? We must believe that He wants the best for us. Yeah. And in the New Testament, it, it says, if if a son asks a father, for some bread, doth he give him a stone, right? He doesn't, right? Even more so your father in heaven will bless you of the things you ask of him. So don't think that God is withholding things from you because he wants you to struggle, because he wants you to feel pain, because he wants you to be miserable. That's not true. He wants to bless you. So for you to make a quantum leap of faith, you must surrender your will. You must surrender the lies you believe. You must surrender the limitations you have. What does this look like? Well, you need to stop needing things to work out. Stop forcing your way to success and righteousness. As long as you're forcing your way and needing things to be a certain way, then you're blocking the new reality from coming your way. And the secret is to start playing with life, to start playing with your beliefs, to have fun with it. Yeah. If there's an outcome you want, have fun. Put a smile on your face. Let your heart be full of love. Have joy. Have fun. And start believing that Christ has overcome all things and can easily and effortlessly help you get what you want in life. You must have that belief. You can't have the belief that life must be suffering and challenges and also believe that Christ overcame all things and that through faith we can follow him. you got to choose one or the other. 
And you must realize that holding on to the suffering and the pain and the hard work and the fear that life could not turn out is the opposite of faith. That is fear and that is doubt. And Jesus Christ consistently says, fear not, but be believing. Doubt not, have faith, right? And so this struggle, when we say that life must be hard, life must be suffering, life, life must be a challenge, this is basically saying that Jesus Christ did not overcome all things and that I don't believe I can have faith in him in order to overcome all these things. Now, the only reason the struggle and the suffering exists is because we haven't learned to depend on Jesus Christ. And you can take it as feedback that tells you to have more faith, to rely more on him. And the word for faith in Hebrew is the word emuna. And this means it's it's much more than just belief in God. It does mean belief in God. It does mean belief like faith and how we know it. But it also implies a whole life reliant on him. And this Hebrew word means becoming fully reliant on God, fully trusting him. So if you really want to make this quantum leap of faith, you set your intention and then you learn to trust the outcome. You learn to trust Jesus Christ. You learn to trust God that it will happen for you easily and effortlessly. Yeah. Think of the manna from heaven. Think of the lilies, how they grow. Yeah. And how even in the greatest reign of the King of Solomon, he didn't look as well adorned as any of the lilies in the field. But God provides for them, right? God creates that. God makes it a lot easier when you trust him, when you believe in him. And so when I was spoon bending, yeah, and there was like an hour where I couldn't bend the spoon and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to. And I had this fear that it was like, no, the spoon's not going to bend. What if it doesn't bend? Then I'll be a failure. I just spent this money on this training. And what if I couldn't do it? Well, I learned to start playing. And when I was holding the spoon, I said, let's play, right? Let's just play. And as I'm holding the spoon, all of a sudden I got these thoughts in my head of how the spoon would want to bend if it were playing with me, right? And then I grab the spoon and I just bend it and I twist it around two times around the, the neck of the spoon. It twisted twice and I'll show a picture on my social media. It's really amazing. It's cool. And I even then grabbed a fork and I started bending the tines of the fork where I was creating these amazing bends in the fork, which it's really like try and grab a fork and bend the tines do it. It's really tough. <laughs> and so when I started doing that, I started realizing, wow, if I just learned to play, if I just learned to have joy with life, then it's easy to jump into a new reality because it's like jumping into the next level of a video game, right? It's not too hard to jump into a new, a new thing, right? And that client I had with the cataract, after we were done, we go in the house where I live and the lights are on more, I look at his eye and I'm like, holy crap, that thing is like basically gone. <laughs> and I, I told my client, he's like, go look in the mirror, go look in the mirror. Your eye is like looking a lot better. And he went and looked in the mirror and he was astonished, right? Because as we were letting go of his old reality, yeah, letting go of the reality that where the cataract exists, this new reality was coming on where the cataract does not exist, where he is healed. 
and I don't claim to heal anyone. I'm not a healer. I'm not a doctor. I'm none of those things. I just like to help people consider things and then they heal themselves. They cure themselves. And my friend who was looking for that new car, the interesting thing is that he made a decision. He said, why am I going for mostly what I want? How about I go for everything that I want? And he decided right then, he said, I'm gonna get exactly the car that I want. I will not settle for second rate. And not half an hour longer after that, he started getting phone calls from car dealers and they were saying that his car was ready. And I was right there at his house when he was getting these phone calls. And he got one and said, oh, we'll have your car ready in July. And that's right around his birthday. And then the next, and then he got another call. He said it was a dealer. I said, I bet this is a dealer saying they have your exact car. And it was, it was another dealer saying, we have the exact way you want your car, but it'll be ready in May. So now he even has competition between dealerships on who can get him the best price and when they can get it to him. And this happens, you know, this is the experience I had finding my current house. When we wrote that list of 25 things and we drove into this town where I live, which I had never been to this place ever before in my life. Where we live right now, I'd never visited the town. I didn't know it existed. I knew nothing about it, but I drove in and it's like, immediately I knew. I felt it in my unconscious. My subconscious was just like, this is where you're gonna live. And we pulled into the house and it was exactly what we wanted. And later after we moved in and we bought the house and everything went well, we didn't even have a bidding war. It was very easy. It was super easy to get what we wanted. Like a lot easier getting what we want than it was getting not getting what we don't want. And so it was so easy. We got the house without a hassle. It even, we got it below asking price. It was incredible. And after we moved in, we pulled out our lists and we're like, okay, let's look at these lists. Well, we checked off more than 95% of what was on the list and everything else that was left was something that we could easily alter. So we got exactly what we wanted and you can have that too, yeah? You can have that too. And I hope you have an excellent Easter. And when I was thinking about those angels, right? To me, I think it makes a lot of sense for those angels to be actually Adam and Eve. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, angels are always male and all these. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're female too. But I think how cool it would be <clears throat> if Adam and Eve were the ones that rolled away the stone for Jesus Christ. Pretty cool idea. Definitely my own thoughts, my own concepts. Well, have a wonderful Easter. And I hope this is a year full of faith and joy and prosperity for you. I will be soon making a training on spoon bending. So if you're interested in that, please email me. I'll have my email in the bio, the link bio of this episode. You can email me. Let me know you're interested and I'll give you some details. I think it's a really awesome training to help you learn how to release your idea of what reality has to be. Well, have a wonderful Sunday. We'll talk next week. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.